Welcome to episode 112 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 112 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Ox. How are you going, Jonbo? I'm pretty good. Pretty, we're on Skype at the moment and the delay is actually pretty good this time, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be. Um, I think when I'm on the phone it's okay, but when I try going on Skype to Skype, then it's not so good, but uh, oh, hey, it's been working out okay so far. So where are you now right now, mate? I'm sitting in sunny Warsaw. It's about 30 degrees, um, Monday morning, and just finished my first camp and uh, rolling out to Italy tonight. So got the day off and recuperating today. And uh, how much, what, what have you been doing with training-wise and stuff? It's been pretty big. We, uh, we met, I got over 1,000 Ks on the, on the first camp in eight days, which is pretty solid, um, nice. along with swimming and running. So it all went pretty well. It was pretty fresh to, to start with, um, but then it really warmed up during the week and even made it onto Polish national TV. <laughs> Back it up. Tell me more. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they had a TV crew. They came and interviewed us and everything, and we were on national TV. Mate, Saturday morning. It was fantastic. Oh, mate, one day I'm going to be as famous as you. Anyway, this week's show is brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii. For, uh, dub, 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 Coffees of Hawaii for all your coffee needs. Trybuys.com for your online trophy. A shop for tries gear and athletes.com, your social networking for endurance athletes and all your race results and social needs. So this week's show, we've got our news coming up. It's a kind of been a bit of a funny show this week because John and I have been busy boys, so we're going to see what we can do. But we've got an age group of the week, we've got a website of the week, questions and answers, and we're going to wing the rest, aren't we, John? That's right. <laughs> wing it. <laughs> so, news. It's lots of results because we haven't really done a normal show for a few weeks, so... Well, we'll, we'll whip, whip through them. Uh, we had um, the weekend before last. We had Ironman Brazil, um, and we talked about women's field prior to that, and it wasn't especially strong. Um, and it was, however, it was good to see Fernanda Keller coming through at the ripe old age of 44, mm. pulling out a 9:42 and uh, taking the race from uh, Kelly Lear-Cal, who is, was second place, and she was an age group at 10 minutes behind, and then Hilary Biscay and. Third in nine hours fifty six, so bit of a, a weaker ladies' field there than um, than some of the other Ironman races around the world. But you know you can't take anything away from Fernanda Keller. Nine forty two is not too shabby, and she is forty four, so it's a bloody good effort. And uh, she does some really good things down in Brazil, not just triathlon stuff. I saw an article once on her in uh, Triathlete magazine, and she does some really good things for getting kids involved in sport and involved in triathlon. So good to see her. Still cranking it out. Jeez, well, you definitely wouldn't see that in the male field, eh? A 44-year-old still taking out the winning spot. So it's an awesome effort. Yeah. And then uh, on the guy side of things, um, we had Eduardo Stirler. Uh, I think that might be the first time he's won Ironman Brazil. I'm not quite sure on that, but I know he's finished uh, on the podium several times. He's also finished podium at other races. He was 11th out of the swim, second off the bike, and then took it on the run. Uh, ran a 2.58, um, so not super fast, but... Came home in 8 hours, 28 minutes, 10-minute victory over good old Alaf Shabustis, who's cranking up a few races this year. He's, yeah, uh, he did Ironman China a few weeks ago too, didn't he? Yeah. So he was 10 minutes back in 8.38, and then in third place, a um, bit of a surprise really, Benjamin Sanson, who's a former short-course guy, former Olympic swimmer, um, turned triathlete. He did a lot of years racing on the World Cup circuit. Um, he's done a few Ironmans here and there, just sort of started and not done especially well, but 
come through and do an 8.41 was pretty impressive for third place. He was obviously first out of the swim in 50 minutes, held on on the bike to be leading off the bike, um, and then he put in a 3.17 um, to fade a little bit on the run. It's still third's a good placing for him, and he's uh, also probably one of the more elder racing guys. He's 37, so in first place, Eduardo Sterl is 34. Second, Olaf is 36. And third was Benjamin Sanson, who's 37. So, I can see like the, the female swim, side. In the swim, he was like five minutes faster than anyone else. Uh, he, he is an absolute machine swimmer. Really? I mean, uh, he always used to break away in World Cup races and had like a minute lead on a World Cup race. Yeah. Um, just sensational swimmer. I, I think he swam for France possibly in the 200 or 400 free at, at some Olympic Games along the way. And uh, a real um, bit of a wild child, but good to see him still uh, cranking it out. Good stuff. And then we uh, also headed off to Ironman Lanzarote. Uh, it was a good, really good race on the girls' side of things. Um, Bella has come through again, storming race and take the win. So I'm not sure how many wins she's had this year, but obviously they won in South Africa. She was what, about fourth at Ironman New Zealand, but pretty close to the to the lead at Ironman New Zealand, not far off the pace. Um, and then she's cracked up another victory here in, in Tino too, which is a pretty good time for. For, for Lanzarote and she um, she took it on the run, came out of the swim 56 minutes, 5.48 on the bike I'm not quite sure what she did on the run because Ironman's site's pretty crappy and doesn't give the run splits but she took it out from Helene Beach de Varte uh, by 10 minutes so 10.12 was second place and then good old Tara was third in 10.13 but what was really interesting there was only 20 minutes covering the first five guys um, first five girls which is Pretty um, impressive on that sort of a course, and we have sort of been saying that sometimes the, the female fields are a bit weaker. Yep. It was really good to see some good close racing. Oh, nice. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I would have expected Tara to completely rip, to, rip them to shreds on the bike the way she rode at Epic Camp, and she did have the fastest bike split, um, and she was leading off the bike um, by about seven minutes over Bella, but um, just couldn't quite hang on in the run there. Okay. What happened the boys? The boys, we had duh, 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 filter. We had Bert Jammer uh, take it out. He was second out of the swim in 49, first off the bike with a 5.03, which indicates how hard that course is. Uh, and then, again, don't have the run slip there, but he was the only man to go under nine hours at eight hours 59. Wow. Timo Tulvanen was in second place, and seven, uh, no, nine minutes back in 9.08. And he had a bit of a sprint finish with Alain Aim Alain Johansson, who also did 9.08. There was only uh, 20 seconds between them. And then there was only another minute back to third, uh, fourth place, Frederick Cole. So pretty close racing on the guys' side of things as well. Oh, great. Okay, then, and then we had Austria, 70.3. Jeez, we've got a lot to back up on, haven't we? Excuse me, I'm going to have a sneeze here, Devin. Just hold on a second. You have a sneeze, mate, and I'll just say, there bless you. We'll, we'll whip through the, the Austria results, um, all the 70.3 results. We had uh, Kiagna Massimo take out uh, Austria, 3.56, just having a really close race here with old Bjorn. Yeah, Yvonne, uh, Yvonne Van Klerken, the girl who smashed yep. right last year, she took that out in 4.22 from Erica Cosmore. Yep. And then we had, uh, yesterday we had uh, Boise and Terenzo Bizzoni took that one out. Uh, we also had the uh, 70.3 in Kona, where we had... Uh, well, Kate Major took out the girls. Kate, Kate Major took out the girls. Yeah. And then 70.3 Hawaii, we had Maka take that out from 
um, and then Sam McGlone took out the girls. They, um, there's Matthew yeah. through an article today about Trenzo saying how since he hasn't made the Olympics, he's really going to make 70.3 his event this year and aiming to maybe try to take out the world champs. Yeah, I see that as a, as a realistic goal for him. He's, um, he's a fantastic athlete and he seems to race really well over the 70.3 distance. He He's nice and consistent. Um, uh, unlike with his Olympic distance racing, it is a bit more up and down, um, but he's got all the talent there. He can swim, he can bike, and he can run very, very well, and that's how he took the race in Boise. He was putting in a very, very strong run. So got to remember, that he's still very young, um, but he's got... You know, 23, but in terms of athletically, he's, he's quite old. You know, he's been going at it pretty hard for a good sort of five or six years. So, um, yeah, I, I hope he, he may come back to Olympic distance and, and still do some Olympic distance racing because from a New Zealand perspective, uh, I really think that he's a, a good medal potential for, for London. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he doesn't go, go too long too quick. Do we mention Switzerland in there? No, we didn't. I'm just trying to find the results here. But I'm not liking this uh, this Ironman. Yeah, website. John and I both were commenting uh, before the show we started recording, and uh, Ironman.com have updated, and they've kind of gone Web 2.0 on us, and which is good, and they're kind of staying with the times. But in the results section, it's it's just a bit Mickey Mouse, and it's previously it was quite easy to go, okay, there's the race, there's the results, and they tend to go back to their Ironman live page from the day, and at the moment it's finding results either we're really stupid or they just haven't made it very easy for us and obviously John yeah. and I aren't that stupid so I'm thinking <laughs> obviously not <laughs> okay so here we go we had uh, Ronnie I stuffed this up as well um, they've got the guys first who wasn't first but anyway Ronnie Sheldonick was first place in 351 and Constantine Bashaw who used to race down yep. and who trained down in Christchurch was, uh, was second place yep. yeah and then we had one other interesting result that I thought I saw in there was Luke Bell blew to pieces, uh, and he finished in four hours, 12 minutes, you know, about a long way off the pace, about 20 minutes off he's the pace. He's a rough year, isn't he? He is. He's, he's not, uh, not firing on all cylinders. No. So it'll be interesting to see how he sort of uh, continues on. On the girls' side, I think Julie Dibbins, who is a bit of a short course and a half iron man um, she took it out in 4.12 from Nicholas Spring and Erica Cosmore in the third place. Well, I think we've had enough results, but there's one more result, John, that I'm not sure you know about. But Scott Dixon, who is a New Zealand IndyCar driver who just won the, what is it, he won Indy 500, didn't he? Indy 500. Oh, yeah. he's a triathlete. And he, uh, you really? Yeah, yeah someone, uh, someone, Murray, Murray Lepp, we sent through an article on him and how... Uh, He's basically been doing some triathlons, and he's doing all right. And he won his age group in some race not so long ago. Where's he going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, here we go. Scott Dixon did a half Ironman. He's he gets oh. trained by a guy who's a ex Ironman athlete, and so Scott uses that as a way of doing his fitness and does triathlon. Is um, it was on Sports Hub, and uh, okay, yeah, and he did a race and he won his age group of twenty five to twenty nine. And uh, yeah, so it's good to see a Kiwi boy who's the best IndyCar driver in the world. Yeah. Taking it out. I mean, guys like that, you know, they're obviously incredibly competitive, and uh, and triathlon's a good sport that if you're competitive and you're motivated to train hard, you'll generally get the results that will follow. And it's probably a good crossover for him to to keep fit. I think a lot of people probably think, you know, you sit in those cars and you don't do much work, but those guys. do work up a pretty big sweat, and I'm sure it's a big advantage to be um, to be fit and in order to get through those longer races. Yeah. He, um, it was called the yeah. Miami Man Triathlon, and he did a 4:51 and won the age group of 25 to 29. So, 
Scott, I'm God. sure you'll be listening to us because you're not that busy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and there's more money in our Get him on the show. <laughs> um, so, yes, there's some other news. So, what have we got coming up? Not much? We've got coming up um, this weekend, we've got the Bergen Voss BV3, which is a race in Norway. And I had a quick look at the website, it's on k226.com. Um, it's quite interesting because they, they combined the race with a cycle tour. So there's a 180 kilometre cycle tour race, and they've oh, sort of okay. combined that in with a, with a triathlon. So yes. it looks uh, looks like a bit of an interesting day at the office. Uh, you're not allowed to have any aero bars or anything like that. It's um, a bit of a funny one. So we'll see if we can get some results through from that uh, next weekend. And we've also got the big man on this weekend. Oh, the big man's on. It'll be interesting to see if the big man himself defends his title. He obviously raced at Ironman Brazil the weekend before last, so we'll see if he heads back to Europe and uh, defends his title to be um, big man once again. Nice, I think he will because he's the big man. And it'd be wrong if someone else mm. called the big man. He is. I'm sure his wife calls him, actually. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, are we going to do the blog this week? Yep, we are going to do the blog this week. Okay, so I stuffed up. John's, John's been giving me the dirty old emails because I put one link to Athlinks and then another link to our old blog page. So this week coming up, we're not going to do it. We're just going to have it totally on Athlinks. But So how about I grab a couple from the blog page and you grab a couple from Athlinks? Okay, let's have a pause. Okay, pause. Okay, so uh, Hot Topic of the Week uh, is brought to you by... We've got, we've got a sponsor, John, for Hot Topic of the Week and it's brought to you by one of our fashion labels that we love called Art of Try. Tell us more, John. Art of Try, back on board, which we like. Uh, they've got some new products coming out. So if you go to their website, they're actually updating their website in the next week or so. So some of the new products will be up there already. Some of them are still coming. Um, they've got some cool new stuff coming out, a 78 retro top. Um, they've got new T-shirts. And one thing that's been really popular has been the new black hoodies that are coming out. So it's all going to be uploaded on their site in the next week or so. Um, so do go check it out. And best of all, if you go on there and you use the code IMT78, you get a 20% discount off all items. That's new items and old items. So That's just great. bear with us for the next week and bear with uh, the Art of Try guys. They are updating everything, so this should be up there. But if you use that code IMT78, you're going to get a 20% discount. So you're, you're, you're all good stuff. You know why, Jombo? Because I went to my hairdresser the other day. My hairdresser's a fashion. And, you know, like I'm a model, but hairdresser's a fashion. He goes, oh, I like that top. Where'd you get that from? And I said, Art of Try. So, nice. Mm, so, so you can get it all from artoftry.com. No brainer. Okay, so where do you want to go? A question we had last week, which is on both of the blogs, is do we get two pampered at iron distance races with all the support at the aid stations? Should we have more or should we be more self-sufficient in a race? Here we go. You go first, John. Okay, so first up on Athlink, the first post we had was from Thomas Peoples. have not done an Ironman yet, but those who did the tri-talk, um, self-supported Ironman weren't complaining and he thinks the went about 9.13 too so that sort of shows you can do these things self-supported Nice, John is basically saying I think the aid sessions are just fine they are now in an int- intrinsic part of Ironman product and I can't see them going anywhere I think they are particularly useful for back of the pack athletes who need to consume a lot more food to get them through which is a really good point Yeah, uh, Phil Scott he said Difficult this one. I think it would change the race quite a bit. The training for an Ironman is self-supported, but I must admit that the aid stations act as many goals on the run. I am UK, have an aid station about every mile. How would sponsors react? If uh, if they reduce the entry fee, it would be a good thing. 
Okay, nice. Scott's saying, I think they need to stay. If I want to be more self-sufficient, I would save $500 and do the race in my neighbourhood. The IM distance is hard enough without adding in extra logistical issues. Although they could do away with the dinners, I do not remind, remember the last time I, took, I went to any of the IMN buffet dinners. So, yeah. You're like that, <laughs> nice. aren't you? Nice. Yep, yep. Uh, mother, Mother Lapworth, uh, it doesn't make that much difference. I added the PB slash PR at Ironman New Zealand this year, pretty much self-sufficient, as a new product on the course went straight through me in training. I did grab a water bottle or two on the bike, but a camelback would have worked necessary. Ran with carb, but let's like drink bidden in, uh, in his bum bag and replaced at special needs. Coke chocolate chips were convenient, but could cope if, not, uh, if weren't provided. Um, it would all just be a bit slower, but it would be the same for every, everyone, although outside support may become a bit more difficult to monitor. Uh, Kat's come in, she says, oh God, no, those aid stations are great. Where and when do you ever have a chance to run around, out, run around and yell, water, water, cookie, on the top of your voice and get given what you want without being called rude and impolite? I love it. I need every help I can get. That's why I choose triathlon and not multi-sport. Jeez, I got lost running in Higley Park without anyone holding my hand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what's your view, John? I think, um, yeah, I, 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 kind of the reason I brought this one up was just maybe to get people thinking a bit more about not necessarily being self-sufficient out there, but being slightly more self-sufficient because I have a number of athletes that um, you know, I've either worked with in the past or still work with or have come to me or complained and, uh, about being out there on the course and not getting um, what they wanted. Uh, so they may go through an aid station and miss a gel or miss a banana or they might not have the flavour they want and, and it really um, gets to them. So it's just something I'd encourage people to do is just, um, yes, I think you know, drink bottles and things like that you should easily be able to pick up on the course, but maybe just have a bit of a backup plan in case you don't get the nutrition you want when you're out there on the day or you don't get your special needs, things like that. They can happen, um, so it's just a case of maybe being a little, being a little bit more organised. A good point Kat made there is you know, when you're yelling out water, water, coke, coke, etc., and when you get it, it's always nice to give a little bit of, a little bit of thank you because those guys on the aid stations are out there for an awful long time. I'll tell you what, John, but you're going to be looking forward to Rote because it wrote. Now, admittedly, it gives you no calories and there's no real point in having it there, but in their aid stations, mate, they have, like, all the different fruits of the world. And I've got watermelon. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I'm, you go, watermelon, just because it's so nice and so juicy and <clears throat> you grab, like, yeah. 20 bits of watermelon. You've basically got a whole watermelon in your hand as you're running along. And they just they, they don't hold back at all. And I was lapping cool. it last year. It's probably why I blew up in last 10K because I had watermelon instead of... <laughs> <laughs> Too much watermelon. <laughs> but, but honestly, oh, it's to look forward to. I, I agree. I, I kind of think having the aid sessions are a part of our race. Um, it is the difference between a multi-sport race and a multi-sport race is are more self-sufficient. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. And I think it's cool out on race day because, you know, sometimes you drop your nutrition and stuff like that to know that there's the backup there and... I don't tend to carry any nutrition on the run, so it's always nice to have it there. So, yeah. Mm. And what would you use have a backup plan as well? Would you run to the aid stations, you know? So mentally is yeah. as well, you know? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, Lots of so we're going to do my discussion anyway, this, this week. week yeah, this week, um, obviously the Olympics are big news coming up in the next uh, few months' time. So I thought um, it be interesting to get people's thoughts as to whether there should be a iron distance race at the Olympics. Oh, Good idea. So just forget about the politics and all that, you know, between the WTC and and uh, and the ITU and things like that. But just think whether you think it would be a good idea to have the, uh, an iron distance race at the Olympics. Okay, maybe I'm going too far ahead of myself here. How do you think they would change our sport if they did? Mm, it would be big. 
Yeah, we'll save that till next time. Yeah, maybe you want to check that in there as well. How do you think it actually changed the sport? Yeah, it would be good, wouldn't it? A huge influence. Anyway, yeah. um... uh, and just on the blog topic. Um, so what you what you do if people are struggling, Bevan's going to put the link on um, IronmanTalk.com. Yeah, but all you simply do is too. you go onto Athlinks, you click on the group directory, and you find the Ironman Talk page. And up on the top right hand corner, there's a little button which is the featured discussion topic, and you can click on there. And you need to be an Athlinks member, and you can just uh, write in your comments. Yep, very good. You can't be too rude now, can you? Because your name's on there. But that's all we got to say. back on that. So we're going to look into that to see whether you do have to have your name, or you can have some alias. But at this stage, you do need to have your name. So you can only be nice, you know. Mm-hmm. There we go. Anyway, so that's our discussion of the week. Let's just go without music. We're going to go. It's Grouper of the Week. Or I'll Let you out there by yourself on that one. <laughs> okay, so we got an email through from Zoe or Zoe Cameron. And uh, she sent us an email. She goes, here's an Age Grouper of the Week for you from Ironman Australia from a couple of weeks back. Port Macquarie in local Millen Cock Shuttle. And say that last name. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, cockshot. Cockshot, yeah. Um, race in the female 30 to 34 age group took out third female overall in a time of 9.50. Melissa works and she's a mother of two young children. And not only that, her husband, Todd, was also racing and he finished in 10.55. What can you say, say except for wow? That is awesome, isn't it? That was awesome. I mean, often you see a lot of age groupers getting right up there, but in a, in a field like Australia, which is very competitive, always in the men's and the guys, uh, men's and the girls, um, that, that's impressive to be third place overall amongst some bloody good pros over there. So um, I'm just pulling up her, her times now. So she uh, swam a 59, she biked a 5 hours 20, and the Ironman site's crappy, so it won't give me her runs, but, <laughs> but nine, 9 hours 50 minutes, um, you know, Chrissy Wellington obviously was a mile in front. Kate Major was also a mile in front in 9.09. Um, but, you know, pro, after her, there's pro, 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 pro. You know, good six or seven pros straight you after know, like you, you go to a race and, I don't know, she must have known she was an OK athlete, but to go to a race, in an Ironman race, and, you know, go along and have it, she must have had, like, a gold day. And to pull off yeah. the third, you know, what a buzz. You know, like, oh, like, I think that's probably almost as good as being a pro and winning a race, you know, because... She's a mother of two kids. She works, and to put a third in, her, and you know, as you say, Australia's a pretty tough race. That's just yeah. a wicked effort, eh? But what what I find frustrating, and and we'll maybe have this topic uh, later on, is she won't get any prize money for that for third place, and yeah. and the people that are finishing well behind her will be getting prize money, and it's something I sort of don't really agree with. Um, when it's we're not in a fully professional sport, um, that she she's not going to get rewarded for that. So. But still, hey, that's pretty impressive. It'll be interesting, hey, interesting to see if she heads over to Kona and how she does over there. You know what, John? She's being rewarded what? because she's our age grouper of the week. That's right. Hey, who needs money? More fame than she could ever hope for. Oh, she's going to have the paparazzi out there in no time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, see so, uh, Belinda Coxa. You are our age grouper of the week. Nice. Beautiful. Okay. Website of the week. I'm a bit lonely right the now. sent this one in. The Tobinator, Toby Radcliffe, sent it in back in March, so we've uh, been backing it up for a while, but it's a good one. Okay. Not, but it is triathlon specific. Um, he's saying maybe this isn't Ironman specific, but a good initiative in the US. Um, the website is called responsiblesporting.org. Um, these guys are triathletes. Well, they're starting with triathlon, and they... Um, 
basically set up a site and sort of a movement in terms of it's called the Council for Responsible Sport. And what that sort of means is they're wanting events and people who are participating in events to become a bit more aware of uh, being a bit more green. I think they've got a they've got some really good um, examples on here in terms of how much uh, carbon dioxide and everything that we produce when everybody goes to Kona and how much uh, what we'd have to do to offset that. So they basically set up an organisation where races can become... Um, affiliate to the to this organisation and they can be sort of given a green rubber stamp to say they're doing the right things in terms of recycling, in terms of ensuring um, they're basically being um, socially responsible. So have you had a look at the website yet, Bevan, or not? No, I have actually. And I think that's one thing that you guys want to actually think about when you go into a race is, you know, like, because as a competitor, there's things that we can do as well, but, you know, maybe letting our race directors know about sites like this that, so they can become more conscious of the things to do because they're kind of busy and sometimes when you're really busy just organising something, you don't actually put time into that, but if someone puts it in front of you, then you think, oh, maybe I can do this, this and that. And, uh, yeah, no, I think if the whole community gets behind it, it's, you know, it's better for the overall bloody world, but also just, you know, good for our community to be doing the right thing. It's just like little things like, you know, maybe the type of cup they use on the run course. You imagine how many plastic cups must be used in an man race and if they can convert to using some sort of slightly greener um, product there, you know, that's going to save massively on the, on the waste. Um, this is what the, the facts I've got from Hawaii. So Ironman Hawaii hosted 1,787 athletes in 2007. Of those, 68 were from the state of Hawaii. Competitors travelled um, 18 million miles round trip to reach Kona. Really? Um, long airline flights generate an average of 1.3 pounds of CO2 per passenger per mile. Thus, athletes on the starting line at Hawaii produced 23 million pounds of greenhouse gases getting to and from the race. This is the equivalent to a yearly carbon fr- uh, footprint of the average of 972 American homes. So wow, that's, that's you know, the big day. thing for us is we're travelling these races. So um, it'd be really good for you guys to have a look at this site, responsiblesporting.org. See if there's anything you can do as an individual to, to be a bit more responsible and see if there's any race directors that you know of that might be interested in this and just making the sport a little bit greener. Um, and uh, we can all help the world, Bevan. Mm, and Toby is the man with this stuff. He's got a blog, which I may try find and put on this week's website, Talk. And uh, he often writes about, you know, the, what is it, the self-sufficient... Athlete. Yeah, athlete. Yeah. So, yeah, and he's a really good writer. And so definitely check it out. It'll be really good. Okay, I'll do the nice. next intro too, John. We're flying through today's show. Okay, mate. you go for it. We're going to start telling some stories pretty soon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Okay, questions and answers. And first up, we have Will Newberry from, I think he's from the UK. Uh, he is, yep. Yep. And he's basically asking a question that's a bit more in my area. He works at a gym and he teaches some spin classes. And his, his basic question is that when teaching a spin class or doing a spin workout, what kind of intensity should he work to? Should he take it kind of easy because he's training for an Ironman or should he just go for it because of the experience in the spin class? As a coach, what do you think, John? Um, I think when you're in off-season, I mean, I guess, um, well, you're doing quite a few classes, but maybe as a more general thing, when you're in the off-season or pre-season, um, spin classes, I think, are, are good for a bit of variety. But I think when you're in your specific Ironman build-up, um, you want to probably be doing some slightly more specific work. But Will obviously doesn't have that that, uh, that at his discretion. He's got to do the class. So, yeah. you know, 
my suggestion, and you, you might have a complete opposite, Bevan, is, is you probably do need to try to back off where you can. Um, if any way you can change the structure of the sessions to make the, the intervals a little bit longer, that would be better for you. Um, and it may be you just need to sort of fake the intensity a little bit so you don't smoke yourself for you know your, your key sessions, your long bikes, your long runs when you're going to be doing longer main set work. So you know, in general, my answer is um, you're going to have to do them anyway, so you may just need to try to modify them a little bit. But for the general punter out there who, who had the choice as to whether they do spin classes or not, I think in off-season, good. When you're in maybe the last 10 to 15 weeks of an Ironman build-up, um, it's probably not such a good thing to do. I'm kind of in two minds here because for me and for Will, basically, it's our kind of our job, and uh, mm. our, our job is based on getting people in classes so that to be successful in your job, you've got to get more people in your classes. And one of the keys to being successful for myself over the time I've been an instructor is the fact that I just beat the crap out of myself when I teach. And um, your classes have just this intuitive knowledge of the fact if you're not working. And it's one of those things that it's really hard to disguise. You can't really just fake it. you kind of just pretty much got to go in and beat the crap out of yourself every time you teach. Mm. And um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's you know, like I've been thinking about, you know, just ultimately it would be really great if I didn't have to do my job for maybe a year and just do Ironman and really see how far I could go because in a way group fit has really, not restricted me, but definitely if I was swim bike running as much as I was group fitting as well, um, I think yeah. I would probably be a better, better triathlete. But in saying that, <clears throat> my job gives me this amazing lifestyle where I only have to work 10 hours a week to you know, be able to do my sport. So it's a bit of a catch-22 for me. What would I do in Will's situation? It, yeah, I suppose you've really got to think on what's more important at this time is doing a really fast Ironman your goal or is your, your career more your goal and the Ironman's kind of like the part-time thing. And if your career is your goal, then I would probably suggest working really hard in your class and just doing the Ironman as a wise thing. You can actually sometimes, getting closer to the race, like if you're in a really important period where you're doing your big training and all the rest of it, I will sometimes just say to my class, look, you know, I'm, I mean, you know, Often, you know, like last week, I did a huge week. I ended up doing nearly 34 hours exercise. And so I'd say to my classes, look, this is, you know, this is my eight hours exercise today. And, well, this is my six hour of exercise today. So, you know, um, they, they'd understand that, you know, you're going to take it a little bit easier. And so I think sometimes just letting them know what you are doing, that it has two effects, actually. It makes you look a bit more of a legend in their eyes because I think, whoa, that's just unbelievable. And then they also are a bit more accepting of the fact that you may be taking it a little bit easier. One thing about spin is that of all the programs you can do, it's probably the ones or the ones where you can hide it the most. The high impact programs you can't because it's just all your body for motivation, yeah. and pump you can't because they see your weights. And so, whereas spin you can <laughs> you can kind of get away with not turning it up so much at times. So I think a you've got to consider what's more important, your career or your race, and then b you know if it is your race, then you know just communicate really clearly with your audience. And I think if you are going to use your race as a way to motivate them. That's really powerful, and so you can kind of just, you know, like I often talk about my training in my classes because I know the people who are coming to my classes buy into that, and they look at me, and it motivates them more to think, well, this guy's in six hours today. I'm going to try to stay with him in this last hour. And uh, so, yeah, I would definitely think about that. Mm. Make sure you do a good warm down as well, because when you do those really high intensity things, um, if you can do a fairly lengthy, you know, ten minute warm down, that's going to mean you're going to be a lot fresher for those uh, for that extra training to do later in the day as well. Yeah, love your work. Uh, what we've got, we got, we got here this is from Mark from the USA and he's saying still lost the show loving it actually have you got that high five backed up from that one who was saying how to get on the show <coughs> uh, possibly oh, I'm not sure cool. someone sent us a, a high five on how to get on the show and it's 
It's pretty funny. We'll oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to do that at some stage. I have a crazy yep. swimming question that I hope you can help me with. I don't like swimming much and I really hate cold water. When the water temperature is like 60 degrees Fahrenheit, I have no idea what that is Celsius. Uh, let's 15, fa- I think. It's about 15, is it? So it's not yeah. that. You know, 13 is pretty cold, isn't it? Yeah. 15 is not too bad. As it hits yeah. my face, the water uh, as the water hits my face and my lungs start to seize up and I can't exhale. Uh, like when you go outside in winter and the cold goes like in like this, but I can't exhale. So my time to inhale is all screwed up and I can't inhale properly. Do you have any tips for overcoming this? Like smearing body glide over your, over my face. If anyone is crazy enough to have tried this, I figure it would be you guys. So what's he saying? Funny you should say that. Have you done that? <laughs> when, when, when I was a youngster, we um. Occasionally, they, they used to close the pool for maintenance in the pool we used to swim at. Yep. And one day, we were swimming at this pool in Christchurch called Centennial Pool. It um, used to be an outdoor yeah, cool, 33 and third metre pool. Um, and it was freezing. And uh, and one day, I just covered myself in Vaseline, the whole body. Um, and it didn't really do the job, to be honest. And it was a pain <laughs> so in the ass to get off. <laughs> so you look like a dork. <laughs> uh, and it didn't work either. So um, I'm, I'm going to assume... Sorry? to get off. Oh, yeah, no, it took a while, but I was young and dumb and, you know, you know the deal. Um, so, Mark, I'm going to assume that you are swimming in a wetsuit here. Um, that would obviously be the first step if you're not. When you're swimming in open water, I mean, it, it is cold, um, especially at this time of the year for the guys who are sort of slowly coming into summer. So the key thing is, is you just got to get in there um, and you just got to go pretty easy to start with um, in training. So you've got to get in, um, just get yourself settled and just try to get your breathing right. And if you do feel you start to hyperventilate, just roll onto your back, just try to get your breathing um, back to normal so your face isn't in the water and then get back on the front and just slowly start going again. But you really need to ease into it. If it's a race situation, you need to get in and try to do um, a decent warm-up before, um, before all the start so you don't go into sort of... Uh, hyperventilating again there. Um, so your main thing is just to roll onto your back. I, I haven't found putting a Vaseline on your face is particularly effective. So uh, what you can do just to keep your head a bit warmer is possibly put on a skull cap. doesn't help your face, um, but it helps keep your head a little bit warmer. But practice makes perfect, and if you do get in there regularly rather than just you know, maybe once a month, um, you will probably find it gets a lot easier, but you just got to start out pretty easy. Can you get thicker water on um, wetsuits? Sorry? Can you get thicker wetsuits, you know? Uh, I don't think that would make that, that big a difference. Um, I found, and I'm not just trying to plug them here, I, I find the Blue 70 swim socks really good, um, uh, just for keeping your feet a little bit warmer. You can get gloves, but I haven't found them to be particularly effective. But heavy, what you will find, the, the wetsuits um, do vary a little bit in thickness. Um, the Blue 70 ones tend to be a little bit thicker, so they're a little bit more buoyant. Um, but in terms of being any warmer, I think the the difference is pretty negligible, but uh, no, I think just need to toughen up for a few more weeks and wait until the water warms up. Okay, that's uh, Chance Barber. Good old Chance. Haven't heard from him in a while, but he's sent us through a few questions. First of all, um, what's the wiki link? And I'll put a link to our wiki page on www.imentalk this week, uh, just so you guys know what that's at, and uh, because we want to make sure we're on there forever, ever. Second of all, do you have any advice for low motivation? In 2006, I did my only Ironman so far, Wisconsin, and did as well as I could with the limited training time I had. Uh, whatever. In the coldest Ironman yet, I did a time of 12.38. 
Last year, I took the year off to give myself time back to the family. I helped to get my wife into running as she ran side-by-side by side by with her in her first half marathon. I focused on my running and personal best marathon. and did my personal best marathon. I totally blew up around nine miles into the Chicago marathon. Oh, you focus on I'm all over the place, aren't I? My dad's bad day really hurt my confidence. Now the weather is improving and I'm a hard time motivating myself. I am planning on doing a couple of Olympics and a half this year. Any ideas on lack of motivation? Um, one, one thing that I always say to people is uh, you know, you've, got to, you've got to view the racing as um, one part of being a triathlete. You've got to sort of look forward to and enjoy parts of your training. So, you know, I've just finished a training camp and, and I've, you know, um, whilst I hope that goes on to help me in, in race in a few weeks' time, you know, you've really got to enjoy the training experience and, and enjoy the process of doing that and have some things in training where you can test and measure yourself so you can see that you are actually making progress rather than always just waiting till race day when sometimes um, things, you know, in Chicago chance, you said the heat really, really got to you. So you've got to figure out a way which uh, you enjoy and get gratification from, from training. In terms of actually getting your motivation back now, um, probably the main things I'd suggest doing, and this is for, for everybody, is to set out a year plan. Um, and, and I'm talking, you know, either set up a spreadsheet or get a wall planner on your wall going. Put in your A races, um, definitely have some B and C races in there and also add in some, some key workouts or, or testing workouts that you can, you can target along the way and, and tick them off and, um, and, and measure your progress. Also make sure you include some family time in there um, and you know, your, your easier weeks where you maybe have a weekend off training or, or something like that. Uh, and probably the biggest thing that I find helps people who are struggling with, with motivation is to get in some group training. Now, that may be joining up to your triathlon club and going out on group rides or group runs. It may be joining up to a gym and doing something like you know, Bevan's classes, but getting in amongst other people so you know you're not just going to be out there by yourself is, uh, is by far the easiest way to, to, to help lift the motivation and make sure you do keep your fitness up. Um, a couple of other things you could try doing uh, if you are getting a bit sick of the try training or, or the run training is maybe look for a camp to do, which um, you know, may be a tough camp. Uh, there's various camps around the world. Obviously, Epic Camp's a fairly extreme version of that. Uh, or otherwise, maybe try something different, you know, bike racing, duathlons, aquathons, um, just to give yourself a little bit of variety. I think a few things to think of as well is to go back to real basics. You know, why are you doing the sport? What's, what's the thing that actually drew you to the sport initially? And is that still there for you? And if not... Are there other ways you can still find yourself motivated in the sport? You know, go back to real basics and sit down and just do some reviewing of where you're at with the sport. Because I think one thing, actually, it's interesting, on, on the other podcast I do, Forever Fitness, a few of you guys have been listening to it, which is great. And we got an email through from one of the Ironman Talk listeners saying how he's discovered we did it. We actually did a segment on motivation on Forever Fitness. And uh, he said after listening to that, he realized that he was just doing triathlon just because that's what he did. And that he'd actually lost the motivation for the sport and he really needed to reassess. Um, where he was at and I think for you guys who are kind of struggling for a little bit of motivation it's really good just to sometimes to sit back and think okay well first of all what drew me to the sport and is that still there for me and if not is there something else I can find in the sport that really motivates me to grow as a person and because at the end of the day I think all of us and we've got another question coming up pretty soon which is pretty interesting but I think at the end of the day ultimately we still want kind of personal growth out of this and uh, if you don't think you're going to grow much more you, you can lose motivation and so it's like uh, well, where is the where is the motivation to grow within the sport from here? And if there is none, well, maybe it's time to actually look at a new sport or look at different ways of doing the same sport. And um, yeah, and I think just going back to the real basics, you know, setting some goals that are really kind of target focused. And uh, I think yeah, like 
Ish, the guy who did that podcast, was, he did like the six whys. You know, why do you do I am man? Why do I am man? Because I like running. Well, why do you like running? And you, you ask yourself six times and um, why to every answer. And then you kind of get to the real core of what's motivating you to do those things. And I think once you discover that, then you have a better idea of the path moving forward from there as well. So also other things to think of is, are you training with a group of people that are really motivating you? Um, you know, like if your group isn't doing it for you anymore. Or are you, one thing with Ironman athletes is that we just do it all the same and often by ourselves a lot, whereas maybe if you've got out a few group of guys, maybe even not Ironman athletes, but some cyclists and some runners, they may push you along and give you a newfound kind of passion. So some other ideas? Mm. Exactly. Mm. Okay, Can up, Chance? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, this is actually a question that um, Gavin Davis posted on our Ironman Talk page on athletes. And he, uh, okay. he's basically saying he's uh, he's been doing a bit of triathlon. He's doing a bit of a John Newsom plan, you know, taking time to get to the goal. Okay. He wants to do Ironman in 2009, and it's all going pretty well. But he's got a question. He had a friend of his who's a bit of a photographer, and his photographer friend was ranting on about how Ironman, basically there's two types of athletes. There's a the young kind of fit person who's really trying to reach the top of their field and, you know, obviously pretty talented athletes. And then he goes on about how there's basically the – 45-year-old-plus men who are either trying to lose weight or trying to prove themselves because there's some has been. And, um, you know, is this really fair to the older guys out there who are, you know, are racing, and is it fair to think of them in that way? So what do you reckon? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think you look at the, the age groups in the 40-plus and things like that, they're the most competitive age groups out there, and there's some guys that are going very, very fast indeed. So I think it's natural that you know you're always going to probably have a reasonable size drop off in that in the, in the 30s because that's natural, and people are going to start having families, and they're going to be a bit more family orientated. And then once you sort of move out of that period, then the guys go into their 40s, and then uh, then that's the way. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess we we can't comment so much because we haven't hit that 40 40 year old mark yet. But um, uh, I don't think there's a lot of... There are some guys out there that are that are trying to prove something, but I think, you know, good on them. It's getting off their butt and not working a million, billion hours a week. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah I think this guy's being a bit too cynical, to be honest, because it's like, for me, at the end of the day, like in my last comment, is that I think most of us are in it just for the personal challenge and the personal growth that comes with the sport. And, you know, to do an Ironman, it's not, an, it's not an easy feat. And sure, you may be one of the guys at the back of the pack, but you've sacrificed so much to do that. And I remember we did an interview with Gordo years ago, maybe last year, and he was just talking about how, you know, the problem with the one-and-done guys is that they don't get the lifelong, you know, kind of personal growth experience out of it, you know, the life lessons mm. of the sport. And, um, you know, to be what I'm kind of considering, I'm at the stage of Ironman now where I'm thinking of pulling away from doing Ironman for a period because I just want to do some other things with my life. But I've done it for five or six years, and I've just learned so much about myself through the sport. And uh, I know that those lessons are going to have a huge impact on the rest of my life. And so for me, it's like, well, if you're 40 and you're a corporate person and you want to have that experience, well, why would we be cynical about it? Like, I think it's a great thing mm. to do. Yeah, so. And all you need to do is go down to the finish line of any Ironman race and you see how much emotion and joy there is there. Oh, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's different, different, very different to other sports. And uh, if people just if they took the time to go and rock up and see what actually goes on on race day, I think they might have a slightly different view. So my flatmate was um, that we do. My gym does always like demos at Bloomin' marathons and stuff, and they had the Christchurch marathon on this weekend. And my flatmate was doing oh. some demo about maybe five k's from the end, and she comes home and she just goes to me, Bevan, none of them look happy. Five <laughs> uh, <laughs> k from home, probably not. I had an email from um, a girl that I've been helping with a pro- program, and 
she said, oh, yeah, it's all going great until about 37 k's, and then it went downhill pretty quick from there. <laughs> so, yeah, there's often not happy faces in that, that final sort of section, and all of a sudden it'll turn around with, you know, 500 metres or a kilometre to go. Yeah, you go for the contrast, isn't it, one from one extreme to the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have I got here? I think I've got a couple of other things I need to mention, actually. I've, I've made a little list for myself. Um, oh, now someone sent me through a swim cap, and I've been trying to find on Gmail who sent it through. It's a bit of a funny swim cap, and I'll put a photo on uh, Iron Man Talk soon. But um, can you can you send me the email? It's got a Leo the Lion on it, and it's a bit, it's quite funny. But I've been trying to find the email from who it was from, and it's killing me, and I can't find it. So can you email me back so I can give you some love on the show? I also need to mention um, – you keep talking, John. I'm going to put up some information here. Well, I haven't done my P's very well, to be honest. Uh, okay, well, I'll start the sponsors run for us. Okay. While you're okay, still you going. The so com. The, uh, the bike is still available. It's going to be drawn in June. So get on there. The sale's still on. You spend over 200 US, you get free shipping anywhere in the world. And we actually got an email from someone this week just saying how great it was. So. Mm. Ah. Emails keep always keep flooding in. Yeah. yeah. Happy customers all, around, all the way around the world. Yeah. Oh, now one thing, are you going to talk about the bottles? No, you can do that. I haven't, I haven't uh, got that email in front of me at the moment. But okay. basically, there's been a lot of information in the news recently about um, BP, BPA, isn't it? The, uh, basically, plastic, the, the product that's in the plastic bottles that we use and obviously baby's bottles are made out and all that sort of stuff um, with, the, with the product BPA. And, and there's the studies coming out now that show that it's, um, it can be a cancer scare, a cancer... Mm. Um, cause of cancer, so um, tribes are sort of making us aware of that, and they're doing something about it, aren't they, Bevan? Yeah, no, I can't get the email because my computer's going slow, so we'll actually talk about that next week. But it was interesting because Cam sent through an email just saying how um, he he read all about it and read, you know, it's pretty severe stuff if you don't really kind of look at it. And he went home and he checked out all his bottles, and I think like of the ten bottles he had there, nine of them had the material in it. So. Yeah. You know, and obviously we're drinking from that, so we're absorbing it in our body, and it's not a good thing. And I noted in the latest Tribeyes newsletter, which hopefully you guys have signed up for, they actually have a big article on it. So, you know, it's something we need to be aware of because you think about how much fluid you're putting in that bottle, and then how much you're putting. Here in we go. Body. Here we go. Here you we go. Tribeyes is giving away BPA-free uh, Camelback podium bottles, one free 24-ounce bottle for every order over hundred dollars US. Use the coupon code BPA free when checking out. So that's BPA free when checking out. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, so you know, tribos are great because obviously this is a big thing in our community, and they're actually getting out and doing it. So mm, beautiful, nice. love it. Yep. Well, what's the other news you got there, Devin? What was my other piece of news? Okay. Oh, sorry, I was a bit distracted by that. <laughs> I forgot to do it. You do another sponsor. <laughs> okay, we've got Athlinks.com. And all you need to know about Athlinks is you go on there, get all your results loaded up there. Um, there's obviously Ironman races coming up now. Claim your results, and then you're going to set yourself up with some rivals. And also, when you're on Athlinks, uh, remember our group. Go through the group directory. You can get to the Ironman page, and you can contribute on our blog. And the, the other final thing that we um, often don't mention at the bottom of Athlinks.com on the homepage is they've got stories down the bottom. They're often pretty interesting stuff. Um, and you can click through and read those articles and you can um, vote for them if you think they're, they're worthwhile reading for other people. Uh, so at the, at the moment, they've got up there episode 111, Dave Scott Reveals All on Iron Man Talk, Cara Gucci, um, eases to qualifying time in the 10,000-meter 10, race. So there's some good stuff on there. You can get up there, vote for it, and uh, 
and you can communicate in the Ironman talk community. I've actually been getting into it quite a bit lately. They've been going on there pretty much every day and posting on the wall and stuff. And so make sure you guys go on there and post on the wall. We can give a bit of banter and have a bit of fun on there. And, uh, you know, because I always love responding because someone was giving me shit about calling Dave Scott old. I don't call him old. I call him mature. <laughs> okay, just get it right. Mature. Mature efforts, I said. <laughs> Did I say old? I'm not sure. He wasn't too happy either way. <laughs> okay, here's what I was going to say. I got Paul, now I can't say his last name, Berengo. A few a few weeks ago, he emailed us asking about his kids riding the bikes. Remember that one? Yep, yep. And he wrote back and I said, look, mate, give us your kids' names because I want to say their names on the show because they all listened and they thought it was pretty cool that, he, that we were talking about them. But Paul's a bloody legend because in his email, he's got, my wife is the legend of the family. She handles 95% of the activities and keeps the kids focused on their academics first and uses lessons from athletics to keep them stronger. So he loves his wife and he didn't, oh, Michelle, he put Michelle in there. So, you know, Paul's a bit of an all-round legend, but his kid's name, we've got Kelly, we've got Carson, we've got Kate and Chloe. Man, imagine having four no. kids. Not gonna, I'm not going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> So respect to the family. We love you guys. It's great to see you all listen. So anyway, okay, what's yeah. our last sponsor, Jombo? Coffeeslitterwide.com. Mm. All your coffee needs. We're going to look at a couple of the 100% Kona coffees. You've got okay. the Kona Nightingale, which is a, a European roast uh, European roast aids character to the fragrant white and fruit-toned bouquet of this 100% Kona coffee. Mm. You've also got Kona Peaberry. Oh, Peaberry. Kona Peaberry about... Um, a superb rich aroma with a fragrant wine and fruit tone bouquet in the cup in the cup buttery tones and balanced with hints of cinnamon and cloves a European roast adds character you don't mute with it doesn't mute the complex flavours it's fourteen ninety five for whole bean 8 ounces 53 for 2 pounds and 103 dollars for 5 pounds limited quantity well there you go mate eh? yeah Coffees so coffees of Hawaii. Anybody going to uh, Camp Kiakaha or Epic Camp is going to be sampling some of the beautiful coffee, so we'll be able to report live on how good it actually is. No, oh, I'm looking forward to Camp Kiakaha. I have to admit, it's going to be exciting God. times. Oh, it is. It's exciting times. It's and that's it for the sponsors. So, well, quickly, athletes.com, trybuyers.com, and coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, anything else, Jumbo? We need to mention? No. I think that's about it. We've got the, the camp coming up uh, in a few weeks' time. Everybody's looking pretty excited about that. Uh, next week, uh, we're starting this Sunday. We have Epic Camp uh, Italy starting. We'll be, uh, I'll be doing live interviews from the camp. Hopefully, if all the technology works um, well for me. And then uh, you'll also be able to see coverage on epiccamp.com. There'll be blogs and pictures and so on. But it uh, should be good times. I was watching a little bit of the, the Giro d'Italia on last week and they were going over some of the climbs that we're doing really? and it looks like it's going to be pretty full on so um and climbs they were going up um they did this one where they went up it was 24 percent in places and they actually went off road it was on dirt roads they had this time trial it was about 12 kilometers just straight up a, up a climb and the top of it was dirt at 24 percent so this other climb they went over the motorola which was uh in parts it was like 18% and they were just crawling up there and this was the front guy so I hate to think what the, the auto bus at the back was doing but um, looks like it's going to be some pretty tough times ahead Are you going to try are we going to get quite a few shows out like I mean will we do more than one show next yep. week or okay so maybe yep. like what it's no, like I'll, in New Zealand I'll, I'll be I'll be looking to do um, a show every second day Okay cool 
So we'll get those out pretty much every second day, and uh, you guys can listen yeah. out for those, and it'll be great. Um, well, so what else have you been doing? So you're there, are you going to train pretty light this weekend before Epic? Because you've obviously had a pretty This week's going to be a light week. Today will be a day off. So in, on the Polish camp, um, we basically, what did we do? We started off day one, was a, a 3K swim, 150K bike, and a one-hour run. Second day, we did about 220Ks, went over into Lithuania, um, and rode around Lithuania for a while and had a bit of a run, um, we had a half Ironman simulation in there, but basically did, uh, also had an Olympic distance race, did just over a thousand kilometres in eight days, I think we ran about, how many hours did I run, uh, about seven or eight hours running I think, um, and swimming most days as well, so it was good times, the roads are just fantastic over here, they're just so smooth compared to New Zealand, you guys are sitting here listening in New Zealand, you just you can't understand how quick people go over on the bikes over here until you actually see it. So to give you an example, we did a half Ironman simulation on day seven of the camp. I was pretty toasted, um, yet I was still able to manage uh, averaging 38k an hour on the bike yeah. when, when I was going at Ironman pace, not at half Ironman pace. Yeah. I'd done the equivalent session in, in Christchurch. I'd be picking, I'd be struggling to average 34k an hour. There's no race wheels or anything like that, so really? it makes such a big difference, um, the road surface over here. So fingers crossed it's going to be like that and road and uh, keep a good average speed rolling. Wow, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Hey. Um, any, yeah. other goss, any other goss for me? Uh, None of the Polish boys. Jacek, got to give Jacek a mention. He's the main man over here in Poland. Um, I'm at his place in Warsaw. Uh, he does huge things for the sport over here. Looks after the guys that, are, that live way out in the middle of nowhere really well. And he'll be coming over on Camp Kiakaha, so we'll do a bit of an interview with him then. And uh, that's about it, really. Um, I hear your training's going all right as well. Well, it's nice to be home and actually be able to train. So last week was the first week that you know that I've really had a chance to just have a good training week, and I, I've been training really, really well. Like I've been pretty much soloing it, and I don't know if I've been doing the right kind of speed, but I've just you know I got through three hours out last week, and um, and that was in six days really because I had Sunday off. So I um, felt and I've, you know like every day I got up and I just felt strong in my training, and I'm not too tired. I'm sleeping a little bit more. It's nice just to be able to be home and have no demands on you. And uh, I just haven't mm. had that for the last three months, so it's been cool to be able to do that. I've, in the next month, I've pretty much got that before I come overseas, so I'm kind of looking forward to the race now because I, cause, cause I wasn't training. I was kind of like, uh, you know, it's going to be crap, but I'm not sure what I'll be able to do, but I'm just nice to be able to get the proper kind of training in, so it's been good. Other than that, what else have I been doing, mate? The love light's falling to pieces on me. Oh. Why is it? Oh, John. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> See, I, I leave town. You, you, I don't, can't give you any good advice. My world all of a sudden, mate. It, pieces. World crumbles. it was going oh so well. Oh. It hasn't fallen totally to pieces. There's a, there's a few threads of hope in there, but oh. what do you do, John? Oh. You think you're in love? Oh, you, come, you, come to, you come to Europe and you give me a cuddle. That's <laughs> I think I'm just you're lucky Belinda's going to be there let's put it that way mate. <laughs> because oh, oh no. break my heart it's not over no. hopefully hopefully next week when we talk I'll, I'll be happy chappy again but oh you know life's like, love's a funny thing isn't it John it's you like, bumps in the road eh yeah, my daughter turned 11 so that's kind of good what anything else no, no that's pretty much how's it. the weather down there in Christchurch well, last week was absolutely fantastic. Like, as good as you get at this time of the year. It's, you know, you've got the, the bloody cold off the snow happening, but um, no, yeah. it's been pretty good. It's going to be pretty cold tomorrow. I'm meant to ride 200 tomorrow, but I'm thinking I may do that on Friday because I think it's going to rain tomorrow. So just wait and see. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, it's another real goss. Never goss. You didn't run the half marathon at the weekend? 
No, because I end up riding long on said day. And then I, 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 yeah. I deliberately actually spent the day. I, I trained all hard all week thinking I could spend some time with the lady that I thought I was in love with on Sunday. And then, yeah, Sunday's a funny day, John. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'll tell you off here, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Make sure you make sure you press the stop button. <laughs> ready for a, tear, for a few tears, you know. But that's okay. I won't cry because I'm a man's man, and real men don't cry. Or do they? That's you, right. You, you don't cry, do you? I don't cry. No, some of them Anyway, we're dabbling a bit now. So um, over the next week, it's going to be epic camp reports, um, and then we'll be back into action on probably the week after that, and probably the week after that it'll be about time for you to get over here into France and, and what I'm you're doing. That in two weeks from now I'll be back in loves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> distance relationship time. Distance relationship, those are the best ones because, you know, distance, yeah. the heart makes it, what is it? Distance, what is it? What is it? Something makes the heart grow fonder, what is it? Uh, God, I can't think of it at the moment. Whatever. <laughs> We're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish it off. Iron Rust. Iron Midnight. Train hard. Train smart. Kick Beautiful. Right, mate. I'll catch up. Have a good time, Mini Pick. Thank you. See you, bye.